I basically I just want to inspire you to like inspire yourself and like if I'm able to change my life and take on all these things and better myself why would I be selfish and not tell that to other people so if I could do all these, these cool things you know change my, my my thoughts my habits and be ultimately happier why should I not pass that on somebody else and then I pass somebody else and they pass on somebody else and just these giant chain of events where the world becomes a better place Hey guys! Hey guys! Welcome back to another episode of the Selfie Show, where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of the Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, podcaster, and sitting across from me is my very saucy co-host. Saucy indeed. I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of the Selfie Show. And as always, we're talking off the clock today with Matt and Peter from Cup of Nurses. Mm. And it gets a little spicy. It is. It's very masculine, feminine energy. I love a merce. Yes. And so it was really fun to actually. And they have a lot of dynamic parts in them. So. And it's fun to talk to another kind of duo. Yeah. It was yeah. like a male counterpart to us. There was like a lot of things that I was like, oh my gosh, you're like the male version of me. <laughs> yeah. Made me laugh. It was really good. So, uh, Mary Girl, Sing Girl, Girl, Life Tip of the Week. What do we got, Sam? I'm just on a rampage these days because <laughs> being. Why do you not? <laughs> because, well, that's true. But being single, I swear to. Ugh, like, I just am annoyed right now all the time because guys are stupid. And no offense. <laughs> like, I love you guys. But. I'm just getting a little salty these days. So I'm still off the dating apps. I'm I'm not dating. I've still kind of like chatted here and there with like someone who I've been on a date with in the past, but nothing like has come from it. It's not ever progressed anything. And I'm picking people's brains about just dynamics of like male female relationships. And this keeps coming up over and over. And I've heard it from a few different male species lately. And I'm annoyed. So the concept of what being an independent woman means to a woman versus how males interpret that. Oh, okay. So Papa. I consider myself an independent woman. And by that, I mean, I truly, I don't need a man. I can pay my own bills and I do. I can take care of myself. I can have a good time by myself. I can go places. I don't need a man in that sense. Hell, I can even have a nice little orgasm by myself. I really don't <laughs> truly need a man yeah. for any of that. That's what toys are for. Technology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but granted, would would those things be enjoyable with a partner? Yes. I'm not saying that there wouldn't be happiness in finding my person or a partner and that all those things couldn't be more fun or better. But that doesn't mean I need them. And I want to be with someone because I want them, not because I need them. Yeah. To me, if it's like I need you, it's like, well, then I'm willing to maybe just settle for anyone because I feel like, oh, well, I need someone to fulfill these check boxes. So, yeah. Okay, I'm going to be in a relationship where instead it's like, no, I'm completely content with all of those things on my own. I'm choosing you because I want you because of the added value you bring to those yeah. areas they make you better in a different way yes yeah, yeah and I've had some males or owners of a penis as I like to refer to them these days tell me that 
saying that I don't need a man sends like mixed messages and implying that that's probably why I'm single Mm -hmm. and that men like don't want to hear that and I don't know fuck you I think the right guy will I think they perceive it so differently than I perceive it and I don't know if that's a male female thing that we just see the same exact thing and have a completely different take and perspective on it I don't know where the disconnect is I would love to do like a podcast episode where we get guys on to just talk about yeah 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 but yeah know, the man. dynamics what, what do you think I mean I you know I think as a friend enlighten me <laughs> <laughs> no I think that I appreciate independence I think that's a big thing for me even in my relationship in my in my own marriage I'm very fiercely independent like it's just I will leave I'll, I'll go up to my parents house for a couple days yeah. a month um, I don't know. We have a lot of like our own time, our own friends. Like I very much value that. So if you weren't with Jake, you would still do all these things. Do all you would still yeah. have a good, happy life. Yeah, I think the but part, you're with Jake because but I also you want to be that too. And I also think because Jake is very confident in himself and doesn't feel like threatened by that at all as a man. Like he's very confident in that. And but so in, I think he enjoys, in general, like why are you married? No, I think he actually, he makes me better. Yeah. He brings out a better side of me. And I think that should be why you want to be with someone, not because you need them, but yeah. because they they make you better. Yeah, you have fun life. with him. Yeah. You enjoy their yes. presence. You want to be around them. Also, they, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, I, I genuinely believe that. And I, it's funny because I think there's that stigma that relationships should be hard. And I just don't believe that at all. Same. I, think, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's a weird take and that you don't need someone but you want yes. them yeah no that's a great why point. is that so fucking hard to understand <laughs> males out there and why do, i don't know why males have so many seem so threatened by like the idea of an independent woman but that's yeah. the challenge i'm facing these days so i'm just gonna I keep know. doing me and let's yeah. hear yours mine this week is all about trust and just sort of keeping an open door policy so what i mean by that is you know we live in this like technology driven world right now where you have so much access to people in different ways you know online especially specifically but even in your general life like I just think having trust and sort of that loyalty and open door policy like for example Jacob and I have the exact same login codes on our phones you know we just have a very open door policy like as far as even emails like Instagram like I don't know it's it's not that he's going on my Instagram but I guess what I'm getting at is there's a lot of trust between the two of us. And I think that's just because we just literally have that open door policy together, especially nowadays. I think that's just important to have. And it's it's different than it was, you know, like 50 years ago. Like our open door policies nowadays or like loyalty is somewhat different because our dynamics in in life are so much different. So um, I think just kind of keeping in mind that, you know, that's really the root of a lot of our relationship is just coming down to trust and loyalty and being there for each other and for me that includes like you know if he's going to be opening my phone it's literally go for it there's nothing I have to hide I like that policy in our relationship and I think it's important to have when do you think that kind of develops because now I'm asking from like a single person perspective like if I was dating someone I don't yeah, that's different. like it's totally different. And I think even being in like a relationship is kind of different than a marriage too. And I feel like there's levels to it and it gets complicated. Yeah, no, that's for sure. But true. I just, I do feel like it's hard because it's like you don't want to 
Like you shouldn't feel the need to snoop on your partner where you have to go check their phone. But at the same time, you shouldn't have that like level of trust where if they were to go through your phone, you're not like sitting there on pins and needles like, "Uh oh, I hope they don't see this. Yeah, totally. I think there was definitely like a turning point in our relationship where it was exiting the true dating point and it went into like, okay, this is more serious. I think the turning point for us was when we actually we got a joint account together, our, mm. our account, and we started both contributing, you know, the same amount biweekly to that account. And I think that was kind of like a big moment for us where we're like, okay, we're sharing things together. We're sharing whatever it is, rent. Was this we're when sharing. you were engaged? This was, no, it was before that. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. But, but you were living together, right? We were. But the other thing too, which I think is interesting is a lot of things in our relationship have changed even since then, meaning like the social media, the platforms have expanded. Our life has very much changed a lot. Like he's managing a lot of the stuff on the back end for me with emails and, and deals and contracts and whatever and so I think the progression you kind of feel it when it starts happening where like okay you're even more so kind of ingrained or entwined in each other's lives it's just kind of that evolution but I think even before we got engaged we were starting to is it something you had a conversation about or did it just happen kind of organically? Um, it did kind of ca- happen organically, but there was definitely certain things where we we're like, okay, we're just going to have open door policy on this. And it was sort of a conversation. Like we were like, what's your passcode? Because I need to get in for whatever was a picture or this or an email, whatever. And then, I don't know. He was just also never weird about it. He was like, yeah, there you go. Like he, he's he, a good man. Seen. We love a Jacob. <laughs> he, he never like questioned it. And then I was like, yeah. well, if I, you know, if you needed for whatever reason to get into mine to... Like, here's my code. It's the same. Like, now it's just the same code. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, we're not weird about it. I think it's cool, though. I think the older I get, the more I appreciate just direct, clear communication. Right. Well, and it's funny now because I think Jacob um, avoids my phone like the plague because of everything. He's just like, get me away from all that. But um, but yeah, I think just the open door policy. What Do you have any, like, to... advice to people that don't have that? Um. It's an easy process. You know, you don't have to do everything at once. It wasn't like we just spilled each other everything all at once. It was like, it was a gradual thing where it's like, okay, we have this as a joint thing. And well, this part of our lives, we kind of need to, we need to have an ease of our workflow a little better. So we streamlined that. It was kind of an ease. It wasn't like all at once, you know, and I don't think, and, and here's the thing. Everybody has a different situation in their lives, whatever it is. But I do think that level of like trust and uh, loyalty to each other is important. So, yeah. It all kind of boils down to communication at the end. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. Sit down and talk about what works for your specific relationship. 100%. Dropping knowledge bombs. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So, we are going to continue on with the little segment that we did last week because it was fun. It was spicy. It was different. You guys know we're trying to always kind of keep it fresh and fresh around here so we're gonna go on with um another unpopular opinion i love unpopular opinion of the week because i am always giving unpopular opinions and being like this the salty one but i love when tori does it yeah well it's funny because we were talking about this and um sam and i i actually we think and i think Mm -hmm. that i have more unpopular opinions than you do totally I'm more just vocal and loud about things in life and I pop off a lot. But Tori has like some of these opinions where I'm like, oh, that's a little controversial. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I definitely do. This week, um, we were talking about this off the clock, and something that we both really agree with, because we both tend to do it, is the idea that arguing with someone does not mean that you hate them. Mm-hmm. We love a good debate. Tori and I argue all the time. We don't agree on a lot of things yeah. for as close as we are. 100%. And I think that's something that, you know, I really strongly believe this. We are getting to the point in our society where we can't have a conversation with someone. And if you don't agree with them, you just have to automatically say, I'm triggered. I don't believe in you. We're not friends. Mm-hmm. I just do not believe in that. If I don't believe that if you don't agree with someone or that you're arguing with them or you're on a different opposing side of them that you can't sit in the same room or in the same space and have a great conversation or even be friends. I personally feel like we get to a dangerous place where we can't have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Like we live in this amazing country where the foundation is based off of people from all over the different parts of the world. And no, we don't have to agree on everything. We can all have different views. We can all have different opinions. Um, you know, Sam and I are very much obviously pro-humanist. Like, both of us are very much pro a lot of things. But I think you still have to have open conversations. I like hearing opposing sides. Me too. And I want to learn yes. more about the why. Right. And I would appreciate that in return too. And it's weird because I can have conversations with certain people about some heavy controversial topics where we very much disagree and we come out at the end of it being like, we still disagree. We didn't change each other's minds, but we're we're, we're good. good. We're, yeah. we're let's go have a drink. Yeah. Where there's other people like in my own family that I can't even like I end up blocking their numbers and <laughs> deleting them because it's just like we're getting nowhere. The amount of trolling in your family. Is I so swear funny. my family trolls I me. Love it. So I'm the family liberal <laughs> and I so cannot funny. sometimes. I love your family. They're so funny. Yeah, I just think it's um I don't know, just something food for thought. You know, you can definitely disagree with someone, be on opposing sides and still be good friends with them. You can still have great conversations, good debates, be open minded. I think that's the thing is like people are not open minded. And this is the other thing too, is I don't love the idea of being lectured at Rather, I like having a great conversation and being engaged in it. Like, does that I make sense? I think the way to do that, too, is by asking questions. Because if Tori and I are disagreeing or I'm disagreeing with someone else, I'm not going to necessarily change their mind by, like you said, lecturing them right. or giving my opinion about why I'm right and they're wrong. But it's the opportunity to learn from each other. All right, well, why do you think that way? Tell me more. And that's where you can actually learn from each other instead of just both lecturing and preaching your side. That kind of is pointless. Well, and that's the whole thing. And even it's funny because I'm sure like down the line, we may have guests on here that we don't agree with or points of views. Yeah. And And we've gotten even some feedback sometimes where people don't like some of the stuff we've kind of said on this show or the guests. And it's like, that's the beauty of the podcast is yeah. that we're not always going to agree with even the own people that yeah. we bring on, but I still want to hear their perspective. Yeah, you know, and how boring would life be if we didn't have opposing yeah. views and thoughts? Grow and learn from each other, man. Yeah, love that. Take a chill pill. <laughs> I can get some out of van and chill, bro. All right, you guys. So we are getting into it with our guests of the week. Matt and Peter. They are ICU and travel nurses as well as entrepreneurs and podcasters. We kind of go everywhere on this episode talking about their experience immigrating to the U.S., feminine versus masculine energy, 
podcasting, social media, travel nursing. Yeah, we get into it today. You guys, they also have a podcast called Cup of Nurses, a nursing-focused podcast where they tackle current events, hot nursing topics, conversations. They just have a lot of different perspectives as two ICU male nurses. They also are the founders of the Frontline Warriors Movement, which promotes self-awareness and consciousness. We get into that today, which I was really fascinated by. Anyway, buckle up, get ready for an awesome episode. Let's dive into the show. Can we start with a spicy question? Can we? Girl, we're already recording. Start it up. Okay, so we both want to know this. Have you guys ever dated someone on your unit? <gasps> yes. Uh, I have, yes. This is the travel nurse tea we yeah. want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have. And I. it was like, uh, I don't know how long we dated for on the unit, but it was, I want to say almost a year. Uh, we met on the unit. Uh, I actually orientated her. And then, I don't know, it just clicked and we dated for a little bit. And um, we're not dating anymore. But it, it was fun. Like How did it end, work. though? Like, we want to know. Wait, like, were you was... the traveler or was she the traveler? Oh, no, no, Careful, man. They're going to cut this out. No, <laughs> uh, no we're not. <laughs> so this was a staff position. Okay. okay. You know, yeah, so, like, I would be charged and I would be orientating people. And, like, I orientated her and we just, like, got along. And, um, yeah, it just clicked and we just started hanging out and then we started dating. Did you have to work together after yeah, yeah. it ended? Yeah, we worked the same schedule. Was it Wait, all After we broke up? Yeah. Yeah. All for a little bit. Okay. Well, it's funny because I was doing travel nursing and I was trying to get her to do travel nursing. And then she was completely against it, and then um, and then she left to do travel nursing. So it was like it was it was funny. So I was like, I was been telling you to do this this whole entire time, and you're stubborn. You didn't want to do it. Now you fucking did it. So watch you guys take cool. an assignment one day. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. But work dynamic wasn't. It was it was cool because we worked the same schedules. Like we were lining our schedules up, so we we're working together like almost all the time. So it was pretty chill. It was fun, you know, like help each other out, and yeah. It's kind of hot. I think it's gonna be kind of hot when you're like, ooh, like I'm saving lives with you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting sometimes, you know. Is that the whole Grey's Anatomy thing? Is that what happens in the yeah, clips that never like, watched it before? Dude, does this really happen? You know, like, I get asked that all the time. Yeah, like, is dude. it really like being Grey's Anatomy? I'm like, I've never seen anyone hot at the hospital. I mean, where are they? Moments They're where you're like, ER. Like the stories I hear about the ER. It's like Same. the ER are down as fuck. Like, I'm not gonna share with <laughs> you know, about getting in trouble. But I'm like, oh shit, this is this is what I mean, I'm technically part of the ER being on transport and I go to every I've seen every ER in Southern California. I'm always scouting for firemen. Like who's the sluttiest unit, you think? ER. Yeah. Part of ER inside a hospital, but outside the hospital, definitely probably the ICU, I would say. Yeah. Like some of the ice nurses are a bunch of fucking savages. Like when I when I went out went out with my coworkers back in uh in Illinois, like I'm like, oh shit, you guys party hard. You you were yeah, you worked at a good unit, that's why. Yeah, but I worked at, at that place for three years, so we got really close to each other. And it was pretty cool. We get like drinks in the mornings. We would, you know, go out together, top golf, you know, the city, and it was super fun. Yeah. And, it builds, and it builds character too, because then you're more comfortable asking questions. You know, it's, you, you're, you're more personable on a different level, so you get along better. And then when you go to work, you really know more about each other, and just work dynamic is so much better. You can yeah, I agree. More. I think our mimosas, like brunch oh mimosas after our night shift were like the best because you just get so close with your They'd people. see us walk in and already bring up. We didn't even have to order the mimosas. They We'd do. walk in and they just pitchers, just pitchers <laughs> delivered to the table and they're like them again. Okay, Matt, yeah. we need to know. Did you date anybody? I did in person. No, I always adapted a philosophy of not shitting where I eat. And Same. I, you know what I'm saying? Same. Just I like, had to say philosophy and yeah. it work out, you know? <laughs> Like, I've, like, flirted before and, like, maybe I had a thing with somebody, but never, like, just dated or anything like that. I, st- I stayed away. What about you two? 
<laughs> I, I was always a piece of candy you couldn't get at work. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I might know a little bit about Tori that I'm going to just uh, <laughs> sip my cold brew and keep to myself. Prior to my husband, I yes, had a prior. fling. Yeah, let's, let's be very specific about this. I had a fling with an RT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And then he found me on Hinge two years later. So, that's funny. like two years ago and i was like no thank god he I left the it. hospital I'm yeah he doesn't work at the same hospital no. but all of a sudden i got these hard eye emojis on Ugh. hinge and i was like tori <laughs> can i just say jacob is so much hotter yeah i know thank you so i was here for it You're, okay correct. yeah husband much, way hotter um, better human as well uh yeah 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 no i never have right. i, I had a thing for like like bad boys and then and then jacob happened thank god He's like a good mix, though, because he is a sassy fuck. Yes, Isn't that ever, like, everybody like girl's you. desire? Yes. Like, if you had, if you have a guy that you could walk over right away, that's not attractive to anybody. So like, no. Think, right? yeah, exactly. yeah, right. So, like, dating, right? Girls want something, you, you know, it's kind of like the chase is fun, but then it's like, don't be a dick. You know, it's like, yeah, this it's balance. so hard. And I, just, yeah, I, I, some I kind of unpredictability in their lives. Well, it's super easy for me to walk all over anyone <laughs> because of my personality. <laughs> no so, it's like, if, yeah, if I like if a guy just lets me like totally steamroll him, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, it's eh. not attractive. Yeah, but then you kind of, but then, but don't be know. a dick to me because I'm a bad bitch and I'm not going to stand for that. So it's very that's why I'm going to be single forever. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah, find I was going to say, unfortunately, those guys tend to just be tools and assholes in yeah. a way. You just have to learn how to like weed them out, right? Right. That's why I deleted Hinge. I'm just, uh... <laughs> so let's back up to yes. both of your background. So um, I actually did a podcast with you guys. Was it a year ago? I don't remember. Sometime in March of 2020. Yeah. And so we've been I mean, we've been wanting to get you on the podcast here. And um, we're really we're fascinated by journeys. And both of you have a super unique journey. So, Matt, let's start with you. Where are you from? Let's talk about your background, your childhood, all those all the things. So I was born in Poland and I was born like in the rural parts of area. So I was born on a farm. I learned how to like, you know, milk a cow and all that. Like I've learned that aspect of life. And then I went from the rural area into like the city life when I was seven. Of course, uh, my family came here for the American dream whatever's left of it and um yeah i i was born in i was raised in chicago for most of my life and that's when i met peter and everything and that's how everything started what was it like i mean coming to america and assimilating like what can you get into any some of the specifics of how different it was or what that was like for you did you also like learn english yeah when you got here or prior over when you were in poland no everything was like fresh like i learned and i basically had like two months and i had to go into like kindergarten i I remember like not wanting to go to school i was holding on to my mom's freaking leg and Mm -hmm. like the teacher was just dragging me and like it's it's just a culture shock you don't know how to talk i had to learn how to freaking what are shapes what are colors in american language it's um it's a trip plus you feel so you know disconnected from people because you can't talk to them and then also like the the language barrier like you don't realize what like not being able to communicate could lower your self-esteem, but you don't know about that as a child, but you struggle with that because that's something that I was never gifted. I was not gifted the American language. I had to learn it. Yeah, that's crazy to me. And how about you? Uh, very similar. Also born in Poland. But I came here when I was younger than Matt. I came here when I was a baby. Um, I think it was like two and a half years old. But my parents only spoke, spoke Polish and they still only speak Polish. They know not too much. They don't, they don't the minimal amount of English. They could, you know, they could get by and stuff like that. But I came here when I was a kid into Chicago. Um, man and I met each other in like first grade or whatever. 
And I think when we met, I think I gave you a video game and you gave me some music. Some music, that's yeah. Like how, that's how it started. And school was interesting because Polish was our first language, so English was our second language. And from kindergarten up until, I think, fourth grade, we were in ESL classes, so English as a second language classes. So we always had to have, like, extra support to learn English because at home we spoke just Polish and went to Polish school every Friday. So Polish was our native tongue, and that's what we spoke all the time. So luckily we had teachers that also spoke Polish and English, which were able to help us along the way. Because in Chicago, it's the second most Polish dense city in the world after Warszawa, which is the capital of Poland. So luckily we were born into that. So we had it a little bit easier, but it was kind of shitty too, because we didn't assimilate as similarly as other kids. Because when you have a normal classroom, you have, you know, the black kids, the white kids, the Mexican kids all get on together, all speaking English. For us, it was a straight on Polish class. There was 28 of us and we all spoke Polish, teachers spoke Polish, and that's how we communicated. So it was harder for us to build relationships outside of just our intermediate, intermediate Polish circle. And it's kind of how it is now. If you look at our, our friends, a lot of them are, are still hanging out with just like the Polish group. And Matt and I kind of ventured out and then we just end up in California somehow. Life is good. I think it's so cool that you guys met so young, young. and you're still friends and like now having... That. Not only do you like work together, but then you have this whole like entrepreneurship career together as well. Yeah, and, and it's not like we always talked. Like when you moved out, like in a fifth grade to like uh, Lockport, we didn't talk for years. Yeah. And, and we didn't go to the same high school. We didn't go to the same college, but somehow we just remained to be friends and mm-hmm. remained to, you know, have contact. Interesting. They both became nurses too. Like my first goal, I, I haven't really thought about becoming a nurse. Nurse was like my third option. First, I wanted to be a cop and then. My parents were like, if you're going to be a cop, we're not going to support you because my parents are in Poland. Our parents grew up with communism. So it was the people versus state at all, at all points. So you can't, couldn't trust the cops because they had their own intentions and, you know, they're the law. So they could kind of get away with everything. So my mom's like, if you're going to be a cop, don't be a cop. Some people are going to hate you. They're going to want to kill you. Like, you're not, don't be a cop. So I'm like, all right, I guess I can't be a cop in that case. I want to be a doctor. I'm like, my dumb ass is going to be a fucking doctor. <laughs> you know, like I'm saying. So then I, then I thought like, I still want to help the world. I want to be some kind of a change. And I thought nursing was going to be a, a good route. You could still critically, critically think. There's still some independence there. And that's kind of how I started nursing. And you became a nurse, I'm sure, for similar reasons too, right? Yeah, I kind of loved uh, graphic design. That was like, that's why I loved podcasting too, because I could be an artist in a different way. And I started with like graphic design, did an internship, didn't like it, wanted it. I love nutrition, love health. I got into like the whole dietary side of things and I've realized that it takes six years. So I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just do the four. I, who lo- who likes school? Yeah. We just, it's just like in and out for me. That's what it was. And I've done nursing and I've, and I love to help people, but I've realized that maybe I don't love medicine so much. Practicing medicine is not the same as practicing, like helping people and things like mm-hmm. that. So that's, what's so cool about what we're doing now is we're able to help people and create an impact in the mm-hmm. world without necessarily being in the hospital. So I'm really curious about this. I know Sam and I are, we're really fascinated by other cultures. Um, I actually want to go back to this. Can you tap into maybe your parents' decision to come to America and maybe the differences, like even maybe healthcare in Poland? Yeah. So like the way things work is you needed a sponsor to come to America. So someone has to sponsor you. For example, the way things worked out is, uh, there was a mechanic that my parents knew in Chicago. First, my grandpa came here on a boat. He made some money, sent money over. The whole the whole immigrant life. And in order to come here, you have to find a sponsor. So my grandpa found a mechanic. And the mechanic, we, you have to pay him $10,000. That's what it was back then. And you find a lawyer. 
and you have you have a sponsor. So basically, in order for my dad to come to America to work, he had to bring his whole family. So you create a sponsor that gives you the visa or the green card in order to come here. So my dad came here first, worked for six months, and then he was able to sponsor us for all, all the whole the whole family to come to America. How different is it? I mean, communism, right? Yeah. So we were born like post communism when because Pol- Poland got taken away between like Nazi Germany and the Russians and things like that. So we were still in the state of communism where it was like high alert, where if you were 18, you had to get drafted to the military. That's how my fa- my I was raised with a father from the military, always strict, always, you know, clean kitchen and things like that. That's the way I was born or raised, I should say. It's funny because when um, I talked to my grandpa about it, he referenced COVID being very similar to like communism because in communism, you have a little slip of paper and that's your one pound of sugar for the month or your three pounds of meat for the whole entire month. You go in, you go into the store and there isn't anything on the shelves. You basically hand in a slip and they give you some food and the rest you have to just figure out how to take care of your family with those um, resources. And that's why people had farmlands because they had to grow their own food have drawn milk and things like that would you ever live abroad i mean obviously you came here when you said you were seven but would you ever consider like living or going back abroad when i was younger my grandpa used to take me all the time so i've i'm very familiar with how poland works but as bad as it sounds i'm i love the fast pace of american culture right so i wouldn't necessarily slow down and go back there yet maybe in the future to retire or something but as of now i love where i'm at What's the healthcare system like in Poland versus? Oh, it's government run. We actually interviewed one of our buddies that he got his MD in England and now he practices in Poland. And it's all government based. It's very similar to how England runs things. So it's not really, you could have insurance. You could like add on insurance to the government insurance. <laughs> but everything's basically, you just show up and everything's kind of done by appointment. You don't really have to, you know, show proof of, hey, your blue card, blue shield card. We got to run you through a system. You just kind of show up and you just get taken care of. Of course, it's not as quick paced as it is here because we do delay surgeries here because of time and stuff but it's more over there and poland is has a higher population of elderly people so they have more of like a geriatric medicine there compared to here the lines are longer but people still get good quality care it's just their population is probably more on the older side and also where and i come from we come from the countryside people tend to be a little bit healthier you could say because they live more off the land and live live a healthy lifestyle by the nutrition they eat. They get more exercise because they got to work for longer hours, uh, which kind of sucks, but it makes you healthier in, in the long run. Um, I would say it's a little bit more holistic than it is here, a little bit more preventative. More also, like, I don't know, closer to the earth. Yeah. yeah I think we're so removed from that. We're Everything's become so processed source. here in how we do everything. Like, kids can't even go and, like, get their hands dirty and work hard and like you know it's just it's such a different like connection to things and drastically different because when i went to poland when i was younger there was no boundaries you just leave leave the home and then come back whenever the sun goes down yeah yeah and, and here it's just like god forbid someone's kid is gone an hour he has like four missed phone calls where are you at what are you doing why aren't you home and in poland it was like there's no one really has a cell phone there's there's, there's home phones and people understand that you're a kid. You need to enjoy this. You need to get this. You need to be stimulated. Mm-hmm. So you got to go out in an environment, do shit, you know, live your life. And here you're kind of just like stuck being hovered around by parents, always, you know, on the phone, where you at. And like your parents do get worried, but they understand that you're a kid. If you're going to get injured, it doesn't matter if, if you have a fo- cell phone on you or not. If you're going to get hurt, you can break a leg, you can break a leg no matter what. Someone's not going to stop you from breaking your leg. It's just going to 
help us find you, which is, I guess, safety thing, but whatever. <laughs> but in Poland, you, there's like a lot less boundaries. You just, you, you're expected to leave the house and you're expected to come back, you know, safe and sound, but just do your thing. And that's what I loved about Poland. Would I live there? Probably not. I probably can't live that lifestyle. The, there's not as much opportunity in Poland as it is here. That's why say, I is it slower? Here. It's slower. It's more if... So one of Poland's major, I guess, things where people strive to become is physicians. So if you're really into medicine, they have one of the top universities in, in Europe. It's in Poland for medicine. So if you're into that, that's a cool thing to go to. Um, they do a lot of like industrial stuff like coal um, and those, those kind of trades. But like podcasting and stuff and like nursing, not, not really... Not really up it's a whole new world shit. over here. Yes, it is. Yeah. I think even podcasting here, though, is still such yeah, a still, like yeah. new It's thing. on the up and up. Yeah. We're ahead of the game, hopefully. We Definitely. We're going to be riding the wave, right? Yes. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> to us for. Because you talk to people and they're not aware of it or they don't consume information or they'd rather be consuming entertainment. So you ask them, do you listen to podcasts? You're like, no, what, what is that? Mm. So it's definitely something new that people are just getting into and audio and the, the age of audio is going to become big. Like it's slowly happening. 100%. What you put out is what you mean and what you say. And I just think that's really cool. That's what I like about it. Because when you watch the news and you watch like certain YouTube channels, you just get bits of information, but you never get the full picture. Like mm-hmm. you're having a, a conversation and you hear all the points. You don't just hear the, the sound bites, like the like the, the hot portions or, or whatever, the, the spicy portion. You really hear every, everything. Everyone's having a conversation. That's kind of why Joe Rogan's popular because before Joe Rogan or before podcasts, there was really nowhere where you could go to to get the the actual full thing. Because when you're when this is a podcast, it's like you're watching a movie, but just audio. You get the full thing. You don't just see the action scenes, right? Like you see on the news. That's why I feel like it's very valuable and people have to kind of hop onto this because like these news clips that you see, it's all stimulation. It's all just like quick rewards, you know, quick uh, dopamine dumps, and you're not really learning anything. Especially just, with just, social media yeah. too, is just everything is sound bites and it's just skewing our perception. But when was the last time you had a long form conversation and actually learned something from it? Yes. Don't you think know. people have really short attention spans too? They're like, if it's yeah. more than a minute long, I stop watching. Oh, I yeah. feel like on social media, yeah. everything's meant to be under a minute. Yeah. And I think that's like a huge correlation to why we have such mental health issues. It's just like we can't, you know, focus, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Like what we're passionate about, what we're working on now is just um, conscious. It's like, what is consciousness? It's just being aware, being at the center point of your life and being aware of everything that you're consuming, doing, your emotions, your feelings. And we're, we're like, we don't realize how damn addicting that cell phone is. Like it takes your, even like at work, have you ever scrolled at work for like 10 minutes and then you're like, oh shit, I got to check my patient's vitals or something in a way. <laughs> no, I have, have never I done that. Oh, you know, Obviously. everybody's rolling their eyes. So it's like, it's crazy what happens with your attention, how fast it goes away. And like mm-hmm. in this day and age, like awareness and attention and focus is the, the real currency that we really need in our life. Yeah. That's why me and Matt started Frontline Warriors. I mean, it'll be out. I'm not sure when you're going to air this, but it'll be out, out by then. So we just want to help people be more conscious. And it's just like we live in the United States. There has never been a war on, on our land, right? You know, and as time goes by, there's less violence in, in this world, even though the news portrays it as, hey, this is, there's violence going on. People are getting shot. People are dying. Yeah. But overall, there's a downturn in, in violence, right? So if there's less fear in the world, less fight and flight, our body kind of tries to find certain stressors. And what's coming into fruition is our biggest stressors ourselves. Like the thoughts that go through our, ourselves, right? In our, in our mind. It's negativity, right? And that's the thing that holds you back. There's not somebody holding you back and saying, no, you got to stay here. You can't do a podcast. I'm not going to do a podcast. It's your, it's your head holding you back. 
So Matt and I came from Frontline Warriors, and this is for everybody, just to help raise human consciousness and just help you attain the life that you want. Because life is all perspective, if you think about it. Like, you know, people walk around, they live their life, and you know that they exist, that they're there, but you don't know what they're going through. But they are living, just like you and I, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know me, I, I know you, but I don't really know Tori, right? And I don't really know Sam, but we could all agree that we all live in this life together, mm-hmm. right? And so I don't hold you back from things, and the only person holds you back from things is yourself. And it's just the way you view the world. So if you change, change your outlook on the world, you could theoretically change life in general, life for yourself, right? You could change negative thoughts because our, our brains are a computer program. We always hear neurons are an axon. It's like, it's like hard, hardware and software, right? So if I could make my muscle bigger, so why can't I change the thoughts in my head if it's the similar concept? And that's kind of what we're trying to bring out. That, hey, like there's nothing out there holding you back but yourself and you can change that because depression is skyrocketing, anxiety is skyrocketing, you know, Kids are still being bullied, and you know how certain work environments are. They like they suck sometimes. You go into a unit, mm-hmm. everyone's <laughs> negative. You're just like, what the hell is going on here? Like we're supposed to be nurses, and we're talking shit about each other. We're, you know, ripping each other down. Yeah. Exactly. Eating our like, young. Right. Yeah. Right. And we enter this 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 career where nurses we we help people, but we can't help ourselves. And why is that? It's just because of the way we, we we think and just our actions are based on our thoughts. And if you can change your thoughts, you can change literally any portion of your life. What's this program you guys are launching? What is it? The Frontline? It's going to be a movement. It's called Frontline Warriors. So it's going to be a conscious movement. I and love it's, that. And it's Frontline Warriors. So technically is nurses because we are frontline. But it's also everyone is a frontline warrior because everyone is on the battlefield of their mind. Like we, we switched from phys- physical factors, right, which is running away from a saber-toothed tiger to we have, you know how like Maslow's hierarchy works? We have food, shelter, water. So now we're going into different um, hierarchies and now it's all psychological and more than ever just like you said pete is we're realizing that this damn mind is the biggest problem biggest barrier it's not other people it's just literally yourself and if you could change that you could do anything you want just like right here we're chatting and we're podcasting and you could be vlogging you could be doing anything you want just like the whole thing with new grads I have to start a med search. No, you don't. You want to go to a freaking NICU? You want to go hey, to the ICU? Hey, and Tori and I go. preach that all the time. Yes. And we have positive messages, feedback about like, thank you so much for, you know, telling me this because now I'm in the ICU and I didn't think I could do it. Like, we need this empowerment. I, school is so damn flawed. Like, yes. fu- funny thing is like these nursing care plans. When was the last <laughs> yeah. time we did a nursing oh diagnosis? God. What I love that you're getting at, and Sam and I have talked a lot about this. We actually just did an episode um, a couple weeks ago about the whole idea of thinking like an athlete, which is almost pinpointed to what you're have saying. You ever, sorry to interrupt. Have you ever watched I Am Athlete on YouTube? No, but tell me. <laughs> okay, so it's a bunch of ex-NFL players like uh, Chad Johnson's on there, Brandon Marshall, and they talk about mindfulness, um, the African-American com- community, and how to be a better person but with an athlete's perspective. So they talk about all the stuff that you guys talk about in your podcast too, but they have their perspective on it. But it's cool because they have a perspective, but a lot of the things I agree with, like they tell you how to live a better life, how to change your life. Um, you know, they give each other hugs, you know, and they explain the shit that they're going through. And it's all tied into like science, you know, like having a balanced diet, a balanced mind and wellness. You should get for sure Love check that. it out. Yeah, it's very similar to that. I think Sam and I feel, feel very strongly that mindset it's mindset it's mindset yeah. right and it's crazy how that works right like you could actually do it and then you look at back at yourself like six months ago it's or like you look back at yourself like how you acted two years ago it's like why the hell did i not do this sooner mm-hmm. yeah. why did i start meditating last year look yeah. how profound effects it, it caused sam's journaling mm-hmm. yeah it's like yeah. Imagine journals too yeah. right. 
I'll do it. It's like um, it's like a program that you got into, and you don't, you're not even aware of the program, right? And that's like the the disconnect. It's like you have your mind, your body, your spirit, right? Those are three independent things, three different elements. We just have to learn how to get behind them, like get behind your thoughts. Like, who's who's Sam? Like, you have a voice and it tells you things or this. I should do that, but is that really Sam or is that your roommate? And like what, what meditation is, is you have to just get behind that. You have to get behind those thoughts because technically being self-aware is like, oh yeah, I look good. That's boosting my self-esteem. But then that roommate keeps on talking and there's like layers. And then you could get into those layers where you're just like really just talking yourself down. So sometimes you got to get behind that and just be like, okay, that's just my mind just talking a bunch of shit. Let me just keep doing me and not letting that affect me and things like that. You know, that's what's beautiful about the brain. It's like it's meant to make us adapt and it's because like you know neurons that wired together fired together right so our brain wants to simplify things and we create routines and habits just so it's 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 like almost like a computer right if you have a specific routine and a habit your computer is not operating at a high like cpu right it's it's technically offloading those things because it's automated but your brain doesn't know right from wrong it doesn't know if it's a good habit or a bad habit you drinking three glasses of wine before bed it, it, you know, your brain doesn't know if it's right from wrong, but it's just your habit that you've created. And now it's a program. And now once you create that bad program, it's so much harder to unf yourself because those neurons are literally connected and firing together, you know, and that's what neuroplasticity is. So your guys' background is like super interesting. Yeah. I kind of want to even know, like, when so when you started nursing, what got you into where you the units that you worked in and then what led you into traveling? Yeah, so initially when I came out of nursing school, I didn't want to work with adults. I wanted to do NICU, but there wasn't any position with NICU, so I'm just saying I, so I'm kind of stuck now. I don't want to do med surge, even though everyone said do med surge for the experience or whatever, but fuck that experience, not for me. <laughs> you know, so I decided to do the next thing. So I, I always liked heart, so I said, all right, let's try out this you know, cardiac uh, step down. So I did step down for like a little bit, then I went to the ICU after that. And like it was cool because as much as I like talking to people, sometimes I just want to do my job fix you and just just have you leave you were meant to be know? a NICU nurse then. <laughs> you were yeah. to talk to your patients yeah but i do like it sometimes really but i do like sometimes when i have that walkie-talkie patient because you get to talk to them but sometimes i'm just like dude like i know i know you're having a good time talking to me but let me just do your numbers and just lay there still for a little bit man five minutes all i need is lay there five minutes flat you're fine you're not gonna die just lay i know you can't breathe five minutes give me that and then, then we're all good but that's kind of what i like and then when i get intubated patients it's just like let me work my magic like Love your it. blood pressure is low, let me fix it. Blood pressure high, let me fix it. Why are you breathing so fast? Let me fix it. Let me just fix it. You just lay there unconsciously. Don't worry about it. I don't know if you can hear me, but let me do my thing and get you better, and then have you leave. That's kind of why I decided. Because then I just stepped out for a little bit, and some of them were walking, talking. I'm just like, first of all, I'm spending way too much time here, and I'm behind. As much as I enjoy talking to you, and I'm not fully doing my job. Like I'm making you better, but I can make you even better if you just stop talking. You know. Yeah. And I would add Ooh. on, and like when it comes to med surge, and that's where I started. It's like. It becomes very tasky, becomes very routine, and you're like literally an RN, refreshments and narcotics. You know, it's it's not critical thinking. No disrespect to medical nurses, though. Like I appreciate everything you do. I'm glad you could do it because I can't. Because I can't. That's why I respect all fields of nursing. I'm. I don't say, hey, I do ICU and I'm better than you. I'm smarter. I don't do that because every nurse has their niche and what they like doing, and we're just as equal. We have the same amount of experience, same same degrees. We're literally all the same. We just have different fields. Yeah, and, and different like interests. Field, yeah. You know? When exactly. I float to med surge, I get my ass kicked. Hell yeah. I, all my meds are late. Yeah. I am a disaster. Wear, yeah, one time I wear deodorant, and I was yeah. like, I, 
I didn't wear deodorant one day, and I was fucking sweating. I was like, oh, dude, like, I can't raise my hands. I'm going to try like this for a little bit. I'm sitting next to me, I'm just like, oh, like, a, like a T-Rex. Sweating, dude. I'm like, god damn, running around. I got to go to MRI. The doctor comes. Hey, we got to do Thorstesis him over here. Go get a CT there. I'm just like, dude. Like, yeah. respect, respect. And that's the reality. And, like, if there's, like, a nursing student listening, like, people get into nursing because they want to help people. But the hardcore reality is that you sometimes don't have that time. That mm-hmm. patient care is not really there. You're doing so much different shit. You're not just a nurse. You're an electrician trying to fix the call. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you're, ca- you're being a cafeteria person. Maybe you're going to, I don't know, do some plumbing there because the freaking water is not flushing. You're doing so much stuff. A detective to find your freaking la- your, your meds, your labs, yeah. trying to figure out where everything is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you get into it for the right intentions. And I feel like a lot of people get like, there's a turnover rate. There's a burnout because they go, they go into there with such a it's like a baby with such a good pure spirit to be a nurse and they just get freaking shut down and the system shows them the truth of what it really is i think that's a big thing that all yeah, of our, that's all honest of our, yep that's very true and that's that is a big healthcare is a beast it is and it's it's a business at the end of the day and we have to realize that and separate ourselves and you know we show up to work we do the best job we can we give ourselves a 100 percent, and if things get missed or you know you can't give the patient care you wanted to don't beat yourself up for it mm-hmm. you can't and that's like that's the hardcore truth is like you have to come to that realization if you don't you're going to be suffering as a nurse that and as nurses we're so empathetic and we like helping people so much that people take advantage of us managers everybody because yeah there's ratios you're nice to you, you have two patients you're gonna get a third one you're not supposed to but what am i gonna say no am i gonna leave that patient out um, in, the, in the hallway mm-hmm. like I gotta take care of them no matter what and yeah my day's gonna suck but I'm gonna do my best to do as best care as I can and then guess what I'm gonna go to sleep wake up and probably do it again the next day and you know there's no, only so many times you can do that until right. you get the and soul you get, sucked out of you right and that's why burnout is so, such a high prevalence and workload plus a negative work environment that's like the most detrimental thing to human life because you're at work for 12 hours a day yeah it's 3 days a week but you're there for 12 hours so if your workload sucks it's heavy and your coworkers suck. Like you're have thirty six hours plus of fucking misery, and nobody wants thirty six hours plus of misery, right? Is that is that crazy? How not only is the patient load and acuity so rough that on top of that you have these shitty ass nurses that you can't get along with, <laughs> and it makes life even so much worse. Yeah. Because sometimes I met these nurses where I don't want to talk to them, and I, and I need help boosting a patient, so I'm like, fuck it. If I ask for help. They're going to come in here and they're going to start talking and I don't want to deal with the negativity. <laughs> I love you. Because, he, yeah. he, I'm feeling a, a, a common theme here. I feel like, are we twins? <laughs> yes, Sam's, I got it. We're yeah. just all being very blunt, you know what I mean? I love it, it though. People don't talk about this yeah, stuff. If I'm going to ask for help and you're going to come in and tell me how horrible your day is and how, how much you hate work and how yeah, shitty your outside of work life is, I'm going to turn it over my patient. I'm going to boost up myself at the head of the bed instead of <laughs> having you complain at wine to me you know yeah. and it's just like i'd be different if you come in and we have a conversation about how is your day going it's going good this is happening in my life you know my patients are stable you know and that's you why you need a work wife is that your work wife no. is that your work wife? we don't work no. together sometimes oh. that's not cool, a work wife. we end up dating so i'm gonna not have that anymore because you know? when you have your work wife yeah. it's like good i know times. and sam and i it's always fun like well we don't so much anymore which is sad but having your work wife is is essential like you show up and you're like oh my god i love you my work wife's on today is gonna be a good one as a a traveler so you don't have a work wife you know it's just like every environment is different and you just have to watch what you say sometimes you learn about the culture you learn about how the unit is the managers and how every single nurse is different and then you kind of figure out who you can 
talk to and say what and all that. But we're can you guys tell us why you wanted to go into travel nursing? Uh, travel nursing, uh, two probably major themes is the money and you're able to travel around the United States because nurses work three days a week, so you could take advantage of those four. Especially if we do days now, we could literally go to any city in the United States. We could vacation there literally and work at the same time and get paid more money. And also like speaking with um, older population patients, the ones that are woke or have great experience you talk to them they have very relevant themes they tell you to you know go travel as much as you can go explore Mm -hmm. if you're young go do all those things and it just even older nurses were pushing me to do it i'm just like matt why not you know you have no strings attached just go do it and just i've never looked back it's been great life is too short to not where have you guys traveled all of uh california basically so we have uh, i have my license in illinois which is where i'm from so i don't want to travel there and i have it in (laughs) california so i've been in uh, Oakland, San Diego, and then LA now. Yeah, just just California for now, just because when I first traveled nurse to California from Chicago, I was like, holy shit, this is how nursing is in California. <laughs> Why is that the thing? I was like, I'm not fucking leaving, dude. You no were like way. the third person. To See, go we don't know because we're we're from here. We're for natives. One, we don't. You don't get lunches in other states. Yeah. Not always. So it's like when I'm taking a lunch. I am by the monitors, chowing down, watching my telly or whatever it is in the ICU. I don't have that time. Here, like you get an hour lunch, half an hour lunch sometimes. I could go take a nap on night shift. Like life is great, you know? See, we're spoiled and we don't even know it, Tori. That's why I hear nurses (laughs) nurses complain in California. I'm just like, you don't even know. We were talking about this too, about how um, the expectations or the the precedent set in California needs to be the standard nationwide. Like we've talked about this. We all have the same licenses. We all work in the same kind of units. We all have these, we're all nurses. Why is it that every state is so different? It just, it's, you know, and the safe, it's all about ultimately patient safety so all as you guys are saying like the ratios that is risking people's lives if you are taking care of someone and you can't eat in a 12-hour period that's absolutely be that's mind-boggling yeah and and you know what it is it comes down to nurses like we just can't be taking this for so long you know how we Mm -hmm. just get stepped over from patients and doctors like nurses have to come together and i hope multiple podcasts start doing this where hey it's like we need to we need to change it's like even during covid how did nursing change for nurses? Well, we got fed well, maybe, and it was a shitty work environment. But heroes now, work here. Yeah, heroes work here. Yeah, yeah, poster child for COVID. But yeah, it's like cool. post-pandemic, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Business as usual. Let's just keep doing more with less with the same workload. Yeah. It just and- showed us how much workload nurses could take on. Because when I talked to my buddy, he's a travel nurse, and he was in New York at the height of pandemic. He was in ICU, and he had 10 to 1 ratios in the ICU. Jesus. They had what? so much patience that they had boxes of fentanyl you didn't have to scan it or you don't know pics in the room they had boxes of fentanyl and propofol that's how that's how they, they did it because yeah. you had no time to even scan scan a picture type in a pastor no you just grab the fent and hang it 10 to 1 in icu that's insane that's beyond i i how do you physically even do that so now in a, for, for like a financial perspective you have you could gauge it like hey if i'm a private hospital and i want to make some money I kind of know how hard i could push my nurses because in their pandemic if you could do 10 to 1 in icu then fine non-pandemic Let's do ratios three to one instead mm-hmm. of three to one, you know, because it's all it's all financial standpoint. Because and they're the, always going to push it. Yes. So the main deterrent from hospitals adapting mandated ratios, they say it's money. So how are you going to tell me it's money if you could do it in California? If you could do it in California, 
what the hell is the difference between California and all the other 49 states? There isn't. Nothing. It's just these people say it's money and, and that it's an easy thing to say because we don't understand money because we're medical field and we're nurses, right? So finances aren't our number one thing. So we could get kind of stepped over and pu- pushed on about that. But it's not finances because if someone could do it, why can't we replicate that on a larger scale? Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I get that question a lot actually from nurses from around the around, you know, actually the world. And sometimes I'll say something to the effect of like patient ratios. And in my head, if you are so upset about it, you have to leave. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to change. Nothing's going to change if we don't start making that change. Well, and you and we got leave. some flack, remember, Tori? When we did the episode about nobody deserves to die alone, we did one about the visitation policies with COVID. And it was started from like a Dog MD video that he posted where he basically said, I don't think these visitor policies, there's no science behind it to support it. And I think it's like detrimental. And Tori sent it to me and she's like, check this out. Because Tori thought a lot of people would be in the comments agreeing with him being like yeah and she was like sam i'm shocked like there's i didn't want to comment because you were afraid of i was in full support of it i thought i was like you know i agree it's inhumane to not allow one person at the bedside and as perspective we work in pediatrics and one parent was always allowed at a bedside no matter what you could not keep a parent away from their child at least one right and at that point in the pandemic, we had plenty of PPE. Things were getting under control, and we were talking. Well, and my about stepdad it. was in the hospital for COVID and passed away from it, and so I feel like having seen both sides of being the patient's family and being the healthcare provider, I obviously had my own strong opinions. But Tori sent it to me thinking, like, "Look at this!" I'm like shocked. She was shocked by the comments of nurses in there being like well we don't have enough ppe and we don't like it's for our safety and all this stuff and we're like we did a whole episode on it because we as the providers i think like you said all have to decide together that enough is enough like we like and it can't even just be nurses but nurses doctors respiratory therapists physical therapists like everyone combined Mm -hmm. to sit there and say to hospital administration we all deserve better. We deserve, like, if we don't have the PPE, we should because you guys got your bonuses last year during COVID. So how the fuck is there not enough PPE and all these things? Like, you you can't pay to have more nurses to guarantee breaks to have the ratios that you need. Yeah. Like, that's not okay. And we actually, then we did that episode and people got some, like, clapback of like, well, it's easy for you to say because... Like, I can't just, like, stand up. And I'm like, we're not saying one individual. Yeah, you can't by yourself fight the man and fight the system and make changes. But that's why we collectively, as a voice together, can make change. So I think it's cool. Like, you guys have a podcast. You talk about these things. You're vocal. Tori and I have the platform. We're being vocal about it because we need to collectively all work together to make these changes. And that's how I feel for me. The whole conscious movement is Uh just, like, we need to start working within ourselves so we all have that same power and then we could connect together to go make that positive change right it's just like i don't know if you guys believe like in frequencies and energy and things oh, like that oh. let's yeah. go time. great topic here. <laughs> yeah i got I Tori's got, the woo my... queen Jeez, yes. i feel these crystals around here so it's like <laughs> you know how like Good energy. the news it's like if there's a pandemic why are you telling me about this 24 7 you know why is this on the screen so it's like you know you know how like television is telling you a vision well if the media is always being negative technically whether you like it or not you're still you're still consuming that 
So on a subconscious level, that's going to affect you and it's going to lower your vibrational frequency. So now if you're vibrating on a lower vibrational frequency, you're going to be more affected. And, and it's almost like you're in that bubble. And when it comes to being more conscious, being more aware, you're, you're starting to vibrate higher and you're, you're, those things aren't affecting you as much. Like in order to create positive change, whether it's a nursing or it's in the world or whatever your goal is, we need to learn how to become more conscious and start vibrating higher. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I, yeah. cause I negative energy is, is like, I can't do it. And I pick up on that real quick. So anytime I feel, I'm like, Nope, shut it down. Mm-hmm. Go away. Yeah. And, and that's why they, even like in nursing, it's like you, you have nothing against those nurses. Right. But you just know the, how they're affecting your, yeah. you, you like their effect. Like it, it's like, my grandma, for example, I have like a red bracelet that's on my um left ankle, and my grandma always my grandma's woke man. She's interesting. She has like a, <laughs> I love that. She has a. Let me tell you guys a quick story. For example, my grandpa, um, he had a headache, and he has like five pills, whatever. My grandma has this pendulum that she'll like swing, and the pendulum uh, swings a specific way. And she asked it a question: whichever med was affecting my grandpa, the pendulum just started spinning a specific way. And it was actually Plavix. So he stopped taking Plavix, and I said you should still take it because he had a stent placed in. Grandma threw out the Plavix. Grandpa's freaking headache went away. It's like, whoa, man. It's it's just interesting, you know? Like, grandma. there's probably be more to life than mm-hmm. we're aware of, but we just have yes. to discover it. I love tapping into that. That is right up my alley. I think we there's just this element in our Western medical focus that we miss. That's a big piece of it, and I think, yeah, you're right. I think there's a whole le- level on people that – you know, well, and the introduction around. of antibiotics, great. Vaccines, great and everything. But I think we've gotten so far Western that everything is just like, I mean, that's why we've created a whole opioid crisis yeah, in this country. Because it's, it's like, here's a problem. Here's a fix. Here's a fix. Here's a fix. And all we do is slap a Band-Aid, slap a Band-Aid, so slap a Band-Aid. So many people have anxiety. And that's, you know, I mean, yeah, we're just looking for the quick fix of how to fix it. I like, you know. I, yeah, I think that bothers me the most about the whole quick fix thing is diabetes. It's like... We know that type two is not like we we know now that it's not all disease process passed on. It's not as much genetics as it's epigenetics where Mm -hmm. it's on your environment. So it's like, well, if you're diabetic, you're insulin resistant, you should probably change your lifestyle. And it all comes down to diet, what you're eating, what you're how you're moving. But here in America, we just like to have an easy fix. And hey, here's a pill that's going to help you with insulin resistance and keep pushing sugar into your cells, but you're not changing the mechanism that mm-hmm. keeps changing or keeps causing this issue. And it's just going to keep on getting worse. Here's some metformin and here follow a diabetic or the ADA diet is like trash. Right. And now I wouldn't recommend that to work. anyone. Yeah. That's why cautious is so important because first of all, I say, sorry about your father. Oh, You're thank you. Okay and everything. But so the whole consciousness thing is like Western medicine is trying to fix these issues and they're trying to make one solution for the whole mm-hmm. so very standardized i mean yeah we're all humans but we all live different lives we all have different backgrounds and as humans we don't live standardized lifestyles right when you when you think of how life was thousands of years ago when you know humans became the humans that we see today even their, their diet ranged depending on where you live your diet was different and you know your skin color was different based based on where you lived and, and all that right so with medicine, they're trying to, it's with they're trying to help the majority of people, but they're taking a wrong approach to it because it's standardized. We all have to encompass like a holistic approach, and not everything requires a pill or or, any, or anything like that. The thing is, being healthier and being a better version of yourself it all stems from from you. If I am predisposed to diabetes, 
my parents have diabetes, you know, people in my family have diabetes. The first thing you should be looking at is how are you eating? Just because they had diabetes doesn't mean you're going to get it. Same with somebody that had cancer in your family doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. The first thing you should do is change yourself, right? The food that you eat, your exercise. But the Western medicine says, hey, you don't got to change. We'll do it for you. Take this pill. You don't take any effort into your own hands. We'll solve it for you. Mm. It's your problem, Spoon but let feed. me solve your problem. Mm-hmm. And that's usually for financial gain. And it's kind of messed up because if it's your problem, that problem lays in you, not me, right? So how am I going to fix your problem? It has to stem from you. If you can't fix yourself, then you go to external sources, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of how it, it should and be taking things. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. I not the idea. I don't like the idea of life is happening to you. You need to make those decisions in taking whatever it is, your health, your career, your life decisions. Like you are the one making those decisions. I'm a big believer in that. And I think you control your own destiny. You write your own book. And and that's the problem with the whole victim mentality thing. And that's why nurses are walking around so wounded. And it's like they want to talk to you about their negativity because it's just like, you know, it's just, uh, you know, hear me out. This feels my life sucks. so bad. Or they want to have commiseration with it. Right. They want you to (laughs) misery loves company mindset. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. And I don't know. It seems to be a big popular thing that a lot of nurses like to do is like to shit on nursing. It's like, okay, yeah, there we we need to make changes then we need to start actively doing things. And, you know, whether that's go within and change our own mindsets and then actively go out and say, like, we are not going to accept this. Um, But I agree with you 100 percent. I just think the whole idea of keep shitting on it because it's a big thing right now. You see it. Well, there's absolutely problems in our profession. But yeah just complaining about them does nothing right i like the proactive approach you guys both yeah and same thing with like you know nursing if you go on social media and just talk about this and bash it and create memes i mean you know it's cool it's kind of giving us that little dopamine feeling but is it really changing nursing in a positive way like we're here for a funny moment great yes yes. yeah of course like we can all relate to those but actions what are the actions like i actually was kind of cool to i think see there was in southern california a few hospitals that went on strike during the pandemic and I think a lot of people even in my own family get very like negative like things about unions and strikes and it's it's ultimately for the patients though it's as much as it's like yeah we want better pay or we want better ratios it's like for the patients because I think like you mentioned a lot of people go into this with very pure intentions and at the end of the day, we know that taking better care of ourselves is better for you as a patient, is better for your loved one in the hospital. And that's really what it kind of boils down to us at the end of the day is if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't be better for the people you're trying to care for. Right. And it's like we it's like sometimes the hospital feels like it's almost like a like a mechanic shop, right? We're going there and there's this human and we're just going to fix them and do things and raise their blood pressure artificially. And we're like missing that aspect of connecting with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, this older lady doesn't want to be called Miss and Honey. She wants to be like, talk to like a regular person, not like a child. And we like miss that. We're like so disconnected from it. Like mm-hmm. how many times do I want to pull up a chair and talk to my patient and get to know them and where are they from, where they traveled, where are their hardships, like, what's your damn secret to live into 95 and it's like <laughs> we don't have that time because i'm too busy doing tasks and charting all the, all charting. The, yeah that's a freaking whole nother thing covering man. your ass yeah everything. covering our asses because of laws and this system is just a freaking giant cash register insurance. insurance companies and it's like it's so sad it's not what i got into and that's why that's why we're doing things like that because it's like i love helping people but maybe medicine is not my end-all be-all goal of how i want to help people and impact them mm-hmm
Number one question that we get, how do you land your dream job? Well, first things first, you guys, dial in that resume. Are you ready for an easy to fill in the blank solution for your resume and cover letter that will help you actually stand out in your job search? A resume is a chance for you to show off and we wanna make sure you look good. Yes, and we don't have time to fiddle around with writing resumes and cover letters when there are exams to be taken, lives to be saved, money to be made, am I right? Girl, you are right. Mm. So you guys head over to spruce up your resume today. Head over to theresumerx.com forward slash shop and use code selfie for 20% off your templates and courses as well. Head over to theresumerx.com forward slash shop. Use code SELFIE for 20% off your order. All right, you guys, let's hop back into the show. Yeah, let's talk about your guys' podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I feel turn. like leaning into that. Yeah. Let's go. What's the question? Yeah. Well, how did you, like, where did, how, that, how did, where did the idea come let's up? back up. Yeah. yeah. Like, where did it start? Foundation. So when me and Matt finished, so me and Matt were younger, coming out of high school, we are in nursing school, and... Once you graduate nursing school, we're just like, is this it? Like, is this where my life kind of just flatlines and plateaus? Because in nursing school, you're super busy all the time. And once you graduate, you're just like, all right, now I work three days a week. Um, that's it, huh? This is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. I'm going to get married in a couple of years, I guess, have kids. And that's how life goes on. And like, we needed to fill some kind of void because we, we felt like, yes, we're helping people in the hospital, but we want to help people on like a bigger scale. So we actually started writing blog posts, blog posts. So Matt created a website, was it mattsmindset.com? That's how it started, yeah. Yeah, and then it turned into mindfulmindset.com and we started just writing blog posts and we even created like a detox for people with like a bunch of different ways to make smoothies and how to detox your body. We started writing blog posts about intermittent fasting, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, wellness. And then it's funny because Matt and I like, Polish is our first language, so our grammar was always shit. Oh, man. Like, run on sentences for days. We didn't know what definitely to like, comment a fucking period. So it's okay. Tori a... is a native English oh, speaker, oh, and her grammar is shit. Yeah, That's why she brought me on. Spell. I can't I can't do it yet. Yeah, so we yeah. did that for a little bit, and then then we kind of just plateaued with that, too, because we just running blog posts every week, and then we're like, all right, what else can we do? Then we decided to do a podcast because we like talking, and then we're not going to you know, focus as much as on grammar. And then for a little bit, we also did like Instagram quotes. Uh, we had a mindful mindset on Instagram that we pushed quotes and different kind of um, tips for people to be more mindful and stuff like that. And then we decided to do podcasting, more nursing related. And then we kind of stem from nursing to more of a wellness and holistic approach that we kind of do now. Yeah. And then it's like you just become selfless. And it's like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying we, I'm trying to get some kind of legacy, but like the goal is, is like once you kind of conquer yourself, there's so many people that are walking around in life trying to still figure themselves out. They're in their forties, thirties, whatever. Right. It's like, once you figure that aspect out and you're still kind of balancing it out, it's like, what else? It's like, now you're selfless. How can you help the society? It's like, we, I feel like we live in such a dark world, even though I, I'm very optimistic, like it needs help. And how can we do that? And I think having a platform where we could, you know, help nurses, help other people have a great impact. I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Basically, I just want to inspire you to like inspire yourself. And like, if I'm able to change my life and take on all these things and better myself, why would I be selfish and not tell that to other people? Yeah. So if I could do all these, these cool things, you know, change my, my, my thoughts, my habits and be ultimately happier why should I not pass that on somebody else? And then I pass somebody else and they pass on somebody else and it's just these giant chain of events where the world just becomes a better place. 
Let's talk about the dynamic because so Sam and I, you know, co-hosting. co-hosting well, you guys were friends before, which is like Tori same. and I as well. Okay. Yeah. What's the dynamic like for you guys as far as like, you know, co-hosting a show? What's it like? So we started co-hosting right from the get-go, right? So it's like we just had a conversation. And I feel like at first it's like learning that barrier of talking and not feeling so like on the spot about it. As long as you provide a good content, people are going to listen to you. It's more of like a different platform that people could use. Because now you're just on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever you're on. Now you're also going to be on YouTube. People are, are going to watch you, but they're not going to be as focused on how you look and how you dress and all that. You say that? Uh-uh. Okay, I disagree. You two are males. We are females. Yeah, it's a different That's perspective. That's the difference. At oh, the same 100%. time. It's like you... I get ripped apart on Instagram yeah, all the time. Yeah, like the girl... Well, I think it's a very different you. Like I don't. What do you mean by ripped apart? apart though? Like, like someone on my video... I posted like a video, a workout video last week and someone was like, oh, I see you've gained weight. Shut <laughs> up. I swear to God, I get that shit all the time. Okay, so I was like, yes, I have. <laughs> there, I believe in mental armor, so I know what you're saying. I, like you, you kind of... You have to have a tough skin, right? Like we have tough skin. But it is a dynamic, I think, for women in the social media space. It's a different standard. Probably. You know what I mean? It's like we have – there's different expectations on us when we're putting out content. And, yeah. And you're already going to with expectations. That's the thing. You shouldn't be going to everything that you do with expectations. Because, like, now it's talking about the date. You have all these expectations. And then you don't meet one expectation. And you're just like, oh, I'm a horrible person. That date went horrible. But it's like you hit nine out of the ten expectations. You, you went great. But you're focused on that one that didn't happen. Yeah. So you shouldn't always focus on expectations because men and I have a lot of expectations and we fail on all of them. Does it, does it, you know, make us feel like shit sometimes? It does, but we understand that you can't always set expectations because then you're already almost setting yourself up for failure, you know? I still want to hear the female perspective though because uh, social media creates comparison and, and that's what's so hard. I feel like, especially even being in the dynamic of nursing, like there's like this whole nursing cattiness and females have like we're kind of disconnected from it because i'm a male I, I just get along with people for some reason yeah maybe it's just my i energy feel like it comes more from males i feel like i get more like love from females on instagram yeah, that are so supportive of the whole like yes you're such a girl. queen and girl power and like i we love draw, you we girl draw a lot of that vibe, yeah we like. get a lot of good vibes i think i don't even want to say i set myself up because it's like i don't think that anyone deserves um, just negativity from strangers but I think because I do powerlifting and I'm in that community a lot of males just invite themselves into my comments with shit all the time a very much like it's like I think because we women when we put it out there the expectation on the consumer is I can say anything I want Without repercussions. I think there's a disconnect of people like my online presence isn't who I am as a real person. And I think you guys have talked a lot about disconnect. And I think there's a huge disconnect with social media where people think that they're one. I think they act like we're not like real people or something because we're we're online and we're putting ourselves out there that we're not real humans with real emotions or something. So they can just I have had someone comment on me like, well, you're a public page. Okay, that doesn't mean I'm not a fucking human. The way I see it is um, I would never go into someone's house and mm-hmm. trash their house. And I see that as social media, right? So, you know, I don't ever troll. I don't troll accounts. I don't. That's negative energy. I don't put my energy towards it. So, you know, we've talked a lot about this. I'm very intentional. We're very intentional about how we use it. I love social media. I mean, from day one, like I, Sam and I, I know I've always told her, I'm like, you need to start an Instagram. 
Um, I love it. I love branding. I love the messages. That's like I do everything in my power to stay in the positive space um, and do what I'm doing really well. So if I'm putting out a blog post, if it's our podcast, if it's a post, like I'm very intentional about that. Um, you know, but it's, I think in the, in the female space, it's just, you know, you're very aware of how you're putting it out there just because I think for whatever reason in the, it, it it is different. I think. Well, the, the guy that said that to me, he on his Instagram has a wife and two daughters. I don't think in real world, he would ever walk up to me at the gym and be like, you're gained weight. Like you're fat. That would never happen in real life. But for some reason, there is this disconnect online where people will say things or act things that they would never do in their real world. Yeah, it's less personal. So I want to bring up two things. Like social media is one, it's a tool. A lot of, social media gets a lot of negativity. I completely understand why, mm-hmm. but it's a tool. So social media only shows you the things that you are consciously looking at, right? So if you keep scrolling through negative things, you keep looking up negative things. Like for my newsfeed, it's all positivity. Why? Because that's all I want to see. I don't want to see negative stuff on my newsfeed because then it's going to keep giving me, feeding this stuff. My Explorer page is all pants or plants and puppies. Yeah. Tori's seen it. It's literally like it knows that's what I like. It gives oh, yeah. me plant pictures and puppies. Well. It'll, it'll give you what you like mm-hmm. or what, what you look at. And if you're looking at you know, death tolls of, of things, if you're looking at war, it's going to keep feeding you this negativity. If you're looking at like all these bad things, it's going to keep feeding you because it's a, it's a machine. It doesn't doesn't have emotion. It just gives you whatever you're looking at. Algorithms. If you keep looking at negativity, it's just going to keep looking at giving negativity because you keep looking at it. And it's just for attention, your time. Yeah, attention is currency. Mm-hmm. You know, the longer you're on it, the more product, money they make off you. And yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing I want to bring, bring up, uh, Macca for sure, I'm sure I agree with this one, is society has is breeding weak men. Damn. Like oh, I want to. Okay. Oh. Tori and I are going to shut up and let you guys. Yes. I want to hear it. Because let me get comfortable. I'm sitting back for this. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Get my coffee. Yeah. You guys go. I want to hear <laughs> this. Yes. So, okay, let's go. And I can't. I, I don't know about women because you guys could relate more to women because you're women, but society has definitely started to breed weak men because I have never, ever in my life have thought about shaming like a woman on social media for something. Like, like why? And I'm a workout video. Like, exactly. you should be happy I'm lifting, asshole. Right. That's what I'm saying. So how, at what low point of your life are you in where you have to put this negativity on somebody else? You live in America. You haven't been through war. You're in the best country in the world. You have the best life in the world. You don't have to worry about food. Don't have to worry about a hunger. You have everything given to you. You're wearing clothes all the time. You have socks. You have shoes. And then all this shit. And why are you stirring up trouble? Like, Why? Because there's, because your life is so good and you have no problems in your life. You don't have anything. You don't have any issues with survival that you have to create some kind of a problem for yourself. You have to. And that's why people do this. That's why people do this negativity because they got to stir some shit up because naturally your body is always running away from, from stress, from fear. Your body is always trying to get away from something. And if life is so good where you don't have to get away from anything, you're going to create things to get away from. And you're going to create this negativity because your life is just so positive and everything is so easy where you got to create some hardship for yourself. And that hardship is you going online and talking shit about people. You make a very good point. You know what I'm saying? Is that not not true, you know? And also, when it comes to, geez, what do I want to say about weak men? I I I was going to say, when you you say weak men, I want to get into specifics about that. So so I I think it's also to do with, like, energy, where, like, you know how, like, we talk about life source and energy? It's like men have it sucked out of them for some reason. And it's like there is no leaders in our world right now. Like, look at at our leaders right now. I'm not going to... Yeah. talk about anybody but just it's, yeah. it's a freaking it's a comedy show where 
where are the people that are standing up for the right things and doing, you know, positive, everything is like sold out. And even like in relationships, right? Why is there so much divorces, things like that happening? Is it, it's, it's obviously both aspects, right? But in a relationship, you have this like self-reflective mirror, right? And the way you act is the way your partner is going to act. And I feel like there's a lot of men that just were raised with poor fathers, poor father figures. They were not masculine. So that carried over or they were, you know, raised with very female Or they thought they were being masculine and actually yes. they were being just a condescending, whatever, like a misogynistic. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, that bothers me because yeah. now there's like this whole term with like toxic masculinity and is masculinity really toxic or, or was it created in our society? And like, even like there was a Super Bowl in 2016, don't quote me on this one. And there was a Gillette commercial, and it was talking about boys will be boys. And it was referencing towards toxic masculinity, right? It's like, why does a brand have to have that message, you know? Like, brands, they don't have ethics. They don't have morals. It's just what it, whatever is the hype. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, I think men, I think society could be, I'm empowering men here, right? I think society could be a lot further and more progressive in different things if we just empower men or maybe be a lot of more masculine right and yeah. and last... what does that mean though when you say like be more masculine like yeah for you how does that be, look because me tapped... as a female i don't really even yeah, kind of understand like what being, that includes being tapped into like who you are like your your message your presence your aura like it's like it's like there's like the community of men trying to like do a pickup game or something right it's like if you know, I don't need to say specific things to look confident. It's just who I am. It's what I'm breathing. It's what I do. So it's like that's what it means to be like tapped into this energy of masculinity. It's like this calm energy. It's like it's like that's why there's such a there's a what's it called polar opposite of being feminine. It's like when you're with a partner that's very feminine, you're masculine. You're able to uh, feed off her energy and you're able to be in the moment and things like that. That's what feminine energy is instead of the, you know, the guy is almost the warrior. I mean, not the warrior, but like he's able to um, have that dynamic and bring the calmness in the female. So there's it's always that energy. I think yes. in any partnership. And it's like, and like, you know, a man could be masculine at one point. And if he loses that, where the female has to take more of that role or be the planner or be the lead in a way, she'll start developing that energy of being more masculine and less feminine. And if there's that balance, I think that's where the relationship starts to struggle. It just... It's funny because we talked about this a little bit, um, at least with Jacob and I personally. I don't think he realizes he's like that, but he's very much like that where he's – we had that dynamic where it's something – I don't know how – it's like intuition with both of us where we know where certain things lay feminine, masculine. He's very supportive – in a way i don't know how to explain he's it. very like he's... supportive in you being an entrepreneur yes. and taking on this career and being very driven and independent and being a woman with a high level of success which some men honestly can't handle but at the same time i see your guys's relationship dynamics like inside the household when no one's watching and there is the dynamic of yeah. feminine to masculine yeah. with him, and, and like I see re- it. You have a relationship where you guys are together, but also he's allowing to for you to flourish and be an individual. Yeah. And it's not only about the goals of the relationship. You also have your own goals, your own desires that you're chasing. He's giving you that open field to do and that. To me, that is so mad. Like, it's so awesome to have a partner that 
is there with me in that. Yeah. When I think he's so secure. He's very secure. But then I also see you being honestly a very good like wife to him in the senses where you know what he needs and when he needs it. And it's not like I think sometimes because I am all about like strong independent woman. I'm single all this like bad bitch shit. But at the same time I can recognize where I feel like sometimes people that get like hyper feminism to like Mm -hmm. a very extensive degree have a very big problem with like the whole idea of like submitting to a partner right and And that's where toxic feminism and i think it is and i'll agree with that because as much as you guys can see if you want my instagram i'm very much about like being an independent woman being a bad bitch like i'm all about it but at the same time i don't have an issue if i were to like be in a relationship because i think that there is strength sometimes in being able to play with those dynamics of saying like you're my partner and I'm okay with submitting to certain things because you respect me and I think like even with you and Jacob using that as a really good example he is secure and can respect your desire to be a businesswoman to be an entrepreneur to be a high level of independence and success because you guys still have the dynamic where you can be submissive in certain ways to like a partner with the masculine sense uh, yeah as a female as a female and as i i feel like i do have very masculine energy but i so do i but i yeah there's a line but i know when as a partner that i need to either take time to focus on what he needs or i read the room i read the energy i'm like okay today like I got to focus on him. Yeah, you're nurturing, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. And I take in that that different role. And I think that's something that we don't really talk about. We don't t- tap into that about, you know, you can be all of these things. You can be that woman. You can do all those things. But you also have to take the time to be that person, to be there for that person in whatever that dynamic is. And I think that's, I wish that, you know, for people who, I, I want to clone Jacob and have that for every woman. If I you feel clone like, him, sign me up. Yeah, I'm like, I just feel like, and you guys sound very similar where you're very in tune with that. And I think it's important. And no, and I think what Matt said is like a little controversial to sit there and say toxic feminism because we are in this big feminism movement and I'm all for feminism but i think sometimes you believe in equality then i believe in equality at the same time and i think some people go a little too far with it and just like we can have quote unquote toxic masculinity you can take feminism to an extreme too and there's not a balance i believe true actually more so in equality than sitting here saying feminism or not like there's equality and I think some part of equality is having a little bit of masculine feminine energy so let's say one of our listeners is listening to this and she has this you know um playing in the shower and she's getting ready for work and husband or boyfriend is sitting there what tips can you offer for him I was gonna say man freaking out for sure even though I podcast and stuff I have to learn how to be a good listener because I know how to tune out and like people have told me like people know when I lose attention like I'll just have like this blank stare like so it's like you have to be a listener to your partner, you know. And I would say do things that like make you passionate, make you happy, that tap into like that. I would say having when it comes out, you need to have a group, group, good group of friends of like men. You need some like guys, you need some boys, like you need to be doing that stuff. Yes, you need to like have your girlfriend, but you need to like just like learn how to like take shit from your like we we live in a home with like three people we're talking shit to each other constantly if you hear our mornings you'd be like what the like <laughs> these guys friends 
Like it's constant <sighs> tough shit love, and tough non-stop. love. Yeah. Like I developed such thick skin where you could tell me whatever you want, it's not gonna bother me just because we talk so much shit. Well, that's time. like my friend group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are so, savage. And, and it's like that's gonna help you just I feel like navigate life a little bit better. You know, just having those guys because, like, if you're in a relationship. I don't think you should be maybe saying everything to her and venting completely like a little bee. I think you should maybe take that to your your friends, your guys, and have that like bromance and maybe figure things out. Or you don't know? internalize it and then take it out on everybody. Yeah, exactly. I'm here for a bromance. I think there needs to be more bromances. They're healthy. Mm-hmm. I know. And I that- love it when Jake goes. He just did one yesterday. I was at work and he had a bro date or he went on, did a brew bro date. I was like, yes, please. Bye. Go. Have fun. I'll pick you up. On my way home from work. <laughs> and, and then also, geez, I don't know how this is going to sound, but. Yeah, we you love Go that. for it. Okay. Yes. Even though you love Jacob, right? You don't want him. Or you don't want you to be the center of his attention. So like, even though you, you love him, if you, if he completely gave all your attention to, to you, you would like be would like suffocate. turned off, not turned off, but you would feel suffocated and you would lose that like love or spark, whatever it is. So. As much as you love your girlfriend or whoever it is, like you have to realize you're an individual and maintain that. Keep having your own interests, your own passion. Keep chasing that because in my perspective, I feel like um, women are chasing champs and men are chasing the trophies or the champions are chasing the trophies in a way. Oh. That's like that little bit dynamic. I know it might be a little bit uh, because you, you're an entrepreneur. You could chase trophies as well. But yeah, you kind of yeah. get like no, the I idea get of what no. I mean. Can yes. I take it? Wait, yeah. uh, can I Let's add go. another one? Um, this is something I'm a big believer in. I've talked about this several times. Partners need to rally. What do I mean? Um, if your partner is down and wants to get down, you need to get down. What are you talking about? That? Sex? I am. Okay, that's what we're talking Tori's about. Tori's always talking about sex. Okay, that's so why I hear it. The thing. I was like, they don't know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Think... You said get down. I'm like, what you're like, what do you mean? Go. To... This is what I mean. Okay, so. And I don't mean this in the way of like, okay, you come off a shift, you're freaking exhausted. But I'm a big believer in if you don't have that connection with your partner, whether it's boy, girl, 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 boy, boy, doesn't matter. Once that's gone, your relationship's toast. 100%. I think if, and I'm a big believer in that, you want to keep your partner with you. That is a such a, that is the one most intimate thing that no one else can have with your partner. And I'm a big believer in get it down. So that was just in your bedroom, rally. and that bottle of lube was yeah. empty. Yeah, li- <laughs> my was like, my, my, my lube is on your nightstand too. This is, <laughs> this is almost empty. It's because it's you cute. Need to it's a nice bottle. I know. I, I do. <laughs> I was like, you got to re up. This thing has like one use. But I'm a big in believer it. in, um, you know, leveling with, with your partner and making sure you know. You so, take so care if of you it. had like a hierarchy of what were the number one things you would have for your relationship to like the bottom, Ooh. maybe it's looks, personality. Now you mentioned sex like how would you rate them and why would you rate them Ooh. that way okay. whoever wants to answer it okay you first oh you want fuck me? me no you i'm single you go okay <laughs> <laughs> i gotta think on this okay so um my priorities are different i would say the number one thing that drew me to jacob we've talked about this it was honestly his wit like he and his mind i really liked that was number one so you're number- like sapo right you're attracted to brain and beauty at the same time where you need somebody that has a form of intelligence also he's- yeah intellectual stimulation intellectual was because let's face it looks fade in and and mine your body fades going to your mind yeah your mind, my mind will probably Botox. fade <laughs> my mind is gonna fade first but you know looks fade and you know there's to me it was i was at that point in my life i was 28 
28 when I, you know, and I just felt like that to me is so much more attractive. Um, second was obviously he's very handsome, but I think also, you know, sex drive, that's a big one. Um, but I, and more than that is his drive as a person. That's also really sexy. Like I love personally someone who's driven. I'm really attracted to that. But also interestingly enough, we've talked about this too. Um, he grounds me a lot. Like I am crazy. Like I'm a person that like, I don't, I spin, I don't turn off. I'm constantly like, sometimes it's feminine energy. You know, you're just like a wave, whatever wave of motion hits you. Yeah. That's just how you are at that point of time. Yeah. I've seen him like shut you down where he's like, Oh yeah. Corey, he's like, you need to like, he's like my grounding. So I think it's interesting. Cause it's not so much. I don't like the stereotypical answers. Like I feel like for him, it's like what he did for me. Like he made me a better person. And he brought out the best in me. And I think that's also something in toxic relationships where, and we all know we've all been in them, where you know it's not good for you, but you can't stop or you can't get out of it or you... It's the trouble letting go. Yes. And I think that's a big thing that I, I mean, I had a hard time with that. And I just feel like it's interesting because I never had that with Jake. I think it's even more the fear of, you know, it's bad for you, but if I let it go, am I going to find something that's better it's the fear of like, well, maybe yes. this is as good as it gets. Right. It's like straight up FOMO. Yeah. FOMO. Yeah. yeah. Right. You I think wanna... if I were to get into a relationship, though, the thing that would be at the bottom of my little heart hierarchy would just be, is this someone like I can actually be vulnerable with? I think mm. that one, that's something I'm like not even good at because I'm just. Bottom meaning most important. Yeah. Okay. Like the the foundation of the pyramid would be like, is this someone that like I can fully open up to trust, be vulnerable with if we have that? And then I honestly, I really do think this next layer would have to be like having that good sexual connection because if you're not on the same energy wavelength and it's not matched, like it's going to eventually become a problem. It might not be in the beginning, but it's eventually going to, because what happens when you guys get busy in your career or you add kids to the mix or you do these things. And if one person, maybe you were able to make it work at the beginning, but if you truly aren't like compatible in that way, it's going to cause problems down the road. And like Tori said, you got to stay on the get down or whatever. Well, and okay, but, let's be honest. And you guys are, you guys are guys, right? Like guys are, I think by nature, they're just more sexual, right? And they're, if you're not meeting, if you're not meeting your partner in a way that is mentally stimulating slash, you know, if you're not with them in that way, you're going to go somewhere else and find it. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, I just point blank. Is that, I really is that believe why women that. cheat at the end of the day? I think women cheat for different any- reasons. Okay. Uh-huh. I, think I feel like cheat. that's a whole nother we're podcast. Ge- we're, gener- we're generalizing, right? <laughs> we should have a whole nother podcast. But I feel like, okay, if your partner's not, if you, you're not with them like that, go. I was going to say, you guys could come on our show. We could have this whole spin that's, of yeah, men versus women. <laughs> the showdown. Yeah, but showdown. like, I mean, I just really believe that. Like if I wasn't, you know, if you're not with your partner like that in an intimate way. It's going to cause problems part. down the road. Issues. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because you were saying that's like the most intimate you're going to be with that person and you know once you get married or you go into a relationship like that intimacy w- with sex is just with that person of mm-hmm. course we have open relationships there's all, stuff like that but you know the, the classic story is that's a whole you know, other podcast have, too <laughs> yeah you're gonna, you're gonna have sex with that person for the rest of your life and if that's not being fulfilled or satisfied you know they're gonna leave you know yeah if, if man's mm-hmm. not being satisfied he's gonna find somebody else we're humans person, right yeah. like someone hot walks by and you're like oh my god that's so hot well and that is know. honestly one of your like kind of 
basic needs because it is a primal yeah, feeling and is. thing. Yeah. And people so, think it's like a, a bad topic to bring up, like bring up sex. Like it's not life. No, that's why I bring sex. it up. Where we're humans, like our main goal in life yeah. is to reproduce. Right? Yes, that's literally our key foundation of living is to reproduce. Yeah, right? keep going. Yeah. Like, people don't want to talk about it. It's like you wouldn't be here if your right. parents didn't smash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. And it's like even like from a like a female nature, right? It's yeah. like you you are programmed to go reproduce to go yeah. find a mate. Like what? What is more like? How come a guy is more attractive to the other? It's based on these primitive aspects you have. Is he? Can he be a good father? Can he take care of my kids? Can he provide for me? Can he keep me safe? Like mm -hmm. that's the very essence, right? Because that's how it was back then. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're so disconnected from the source mm -hmm. that we forgot those things and what the importance are to them. And I will actually say this: I think sometimes I'll speak for women. They'll say like, "Well, maybe my sex drive isn't as high as the guy I'm with, or whatever." And you might. I'm just going to speak as someone now who's single. Like, you might actually find that, like, that might not have been a you problem. It might have been a problem of who you were with. Because you might find yourself with someone new and have a whole different, completely outlook on sex and your sex drive and all of that stuff. So sometimes you kind of just dismiss it as, oh, like, eh, I'm kind of like whatever about sex. And it's like, maybe that's because it's not with the right person Yeah. because you might then get into a completely, because I've had situations where I was just like, I could literally give two shits about yeah. sex. About being and then you, you're yeah. with someone completely different and you're like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so honestly, but I think some people don't really like maybe even know any better because that's, they've gotten comfortable in that relationship and they're kind of just like, that's what it is. And it's like, ee. and it's also your maturity because it's like, I wasn't aware of this when I was younger. You know, it's uh -huh. like you, you reach those levels based on experience relationships exactly. or being single. Then you're like, wow, this actually, those are the things that matter to me, you know? So it's mm -hmm. like, it's wild to the people that maybe just have one partner their whole entire lifetime. I mean, kudos to them. Like, yes. That's an amazing bond, but oh, it's like, hell no. If I had just test driven one car, it wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> I mean, I give them credit because relationships take work. Yes. And to be able to do that, I think, is a great testimony to just their commitment to each other. But yeah, I feel like from being in different relationships, like you said, I have learned so much and my outlooks, even on sex, have changed so much and dynamics and relationships. Yeah, or it's like, you know, you've had this relationship and every single person taught you a different thing. It's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm a jealous lover or like, hey, now I need to, you know, maybe try this instead of that. So it's like it's like an experiment, just like you're experimenting with working out and lifting better programs to grow your muscle. It's in a relationship. You're trying to find the perfect partner in the future, but you can't do it just taking one shot at it. No. Right? You got to like figure it out. And even your worst relationship was a learning experience. It yeah. might've yes. been a trash, toxic relationship, but now you're going into the next one. Like you can take all your past relationships and be like, this was good from this I one. I feel like this you was need good to have from this a one. toxic. You need to have one <laughs> because then you appreciate the good one. Seriously. I've had two really freaking toxic relationships. My last toxic it. relationship has made me such oh, yeah. a, I mean, that's why I've been single for so long is I'm like, oh, not doing that shit again. But it literally made me learn so much. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you before Jacob were, yeah, no, yeah, really, yeah. Mm, yeah. that one. But I will say this too, in a marriage too, you know, as far as like learning about each other, it's, it's a constant, like, it's not like, oh, you find your partner and then it's like, oh, I'm done figuring it out. Like, that's not how it works. I'm like, we're constantly like, you got to spice it up. You change it up. You you know, that's human nature. We all change. We all have different things and evolve. And I don't know. I'm a big believer in keeping it spicy. Have fun. You know, if you're not having fun with your person, then what's the fucking point? 
Right. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we weren't expecting to get into that one, but I was yeah, totally here so for it. It's so nice to actually have like we. I feel like we have a lot more females on the podcast, yeah. so it's fun to have two dudes in here to yeah, just yeah. like. It's always cool because like me and man interview people all the time, and like you just get different conversation dynamics. Yeah. It's, it's just so interesting. Everyone's just like so interesting, like their backgrounds, what they do, how they got here, and because like during a podcast, somehow. The universe has aligned and are just here together somehow for some odd fucking reason. Some randomly we just happen to be here, but we're all coming from different backgrounds and different walks of life. But somehow we're all just here talking. Yeah, it's just so fun being a podcast. I love it. I do because you get to learn from so many people and have a very intentional moment with someone. I think it's really cool, and I also think for the listener, which is why you guys probably have seen in your spaces. I think the people that I have fallen in love with as far as social media are typically podcasters because you literally when you have that undivided attention with someone for so long for an hour potentially every week for however long you really get feel like you get to know that person and I feel like that's like I don't know getting to know all these guests getting to have this like create the community I just think podcasting is amazing don't you think you become a better person because of it like I think I've been on this for a very short time and I've learned like you said so much from the different guests Mm -hmm. that I've taken away nuggets from each of them that I feel like have helped expand my perspective on life and have just made me grow as a person and Matt always says like thank you for your time to to our guests and episodes because these people are devoting an hour of their lives to listening right and that's the hour they're never gonna get back because we're three-dimensional beings right so Time is basically encompasses all of us. If we were fourth dimensional beings, time time would be irrelevant. But we're third dimensional, so one thing you don't get back in life ever is time. So Matt always says, "Thank you, thank you for your time," because that's one hour of their life that they're never going to get back. Right? Ooh, you can't change that. That's it's such crazy a, to think about, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so for your time. Yeah. Right? So the, whoever's listening, thank you for your time. Well, thank you for your time. Yes, you no, seriously, thank you both for your time. This like, was amazing. I didn't anticipate this going. I, this was amazing. Yeah, I'm glad we. And that's what's so dope about podcasting is you just go into the state of flow, and you guys are just we're just vibing, talking, different conversation. Like we took a different route. We didn't, you know. T- I know. I'm like looking at the show notes, and I was like, eh, I think what we talked about was like 20 times better than what yeah, we kind of prepped way for. Yeah, it's so cool because man and I do the same thing. Like you've been on us. We have show notes, but. Do we go off the show notes very often? I mean, sometimes we, we do. Yeah, we want to hit a few key points, but rest is just straight spitball and whatever emotion comes out, it comes out. As we close, can you guys um, say goodbye to our guests in Polish? Oh, yeah. Or say something in Polish to everybody? You want to have a, have a straight up conversation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I give us a topic. And we'll just talk in Polish for like 30 seconds yeah. for fun. Well, you guys, so thank you in Polish. Thank, thank you all the listeners that um, took time to listen. Oh, say something sexy. Yeah. Like, say a little, yeah. Let's give us your podcast. best bedroom line in yeah. Polish since we already were talking about sex. <laughs> I don't. I don't speak. I don't speak Polish too often. You know. Oh, like, if I was with like, someone with a different language, language oh, I would be like, "You 100%. better bust out your yes. your native tongue yes, in there." Absolutely. I would be like, "Cause like I gotta here. think about it before I say it, because man and I from a southern portion, so our dialect's a little bit different." Yeah, but if it's not a girl that speaks Polish, she's not going to know what you're saying. You could literally be like... They're they're putting on the spot, bro. I got you. I would just be like, Lubisz to? Which is like, do you like that? (laughs) (laughs) Is that good enough for you guys? (laughs) Because you could literally be like, what do you want to eat for dinner? And the girl in bed would just be like, oh my God. What would you like to eat for breakfast? Oh. Oh.
You can tell sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you can, anything sounds sexy in another language. Do we have an accent when we talk? Okay, so well, you have the Chicago this. accent. Wait, so Chicago that's why I say Chicago, but yeah. you actually both do. I hear it. I hear the pull. I do. It's funny because when we speak Polish, we have an American accent. Really? That's a thing? English, we have like a Polish I think Pete accent. has a little so more than Best that. of both worlds. Sometimes you do, yeah. but... Yeah. Yeah. When, I, when I drink a little bit, I'll freaking slur oh. words my all the time. <laughs> Even at work, sometimes it sucks, like pronouncing all these words, like metopra. Like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> like, because like when we're reading medical terms, like you don't know how to form these these sounds with your tongue because Polish was our first language. I don't so, even know so, how to say some of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's even worse for us. I'm just like, is there a brand name for this that I could say? You know? <laughs> yeah, I think that was like a big barrier to nursing. It's just like, um, you know, because ling- uh, English is not your first language. Sometimes you don't have that confidence of just saying it how it is because of you know language like sometimes you're in a medical field you're just like damn how do i say this how do i say that how do i explain it to somebody i don't know these like like terms that they throw it at you and it's like sometimes that kind of kills your confidence yeah. in a way you just have to like don't know. let it because i can tell I you just, my nursing students mispronounce it, you know? everything I know. Yeah. like I do t- bless oh their God. little hearts yeah right be like, knows this. i can't spell i can't pronounce no i was doing cardiac true. defects this week and they were like can you go over tetralogy of Fall it again. <laughs> I was like, oh, sweetie. Yeah, yeah, Hello. Yeah. yeah, it's so cute. Well, you guys, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, for your, your time. time. And you where can everyone well. find you? Yeah, just give yourself a shout out. So, coupleofnurses.com is where you can find anything podcast related. And then for the movement that we're starting, depends on where this yeah. launch is probably already out, it's uh, wearefrontlinewarriors.com. Yeah, or you can also go on frontlinewarriorsclub.com as well. And it'll, both those links are just going to be the one link. Instagram is couple nurses. Uh, What's your warriors. personal links? Your personal uh, mine's Twitter Kimura, and then and I'm Matt's mindset for Instagram. Yeah. Um, are you guys single? <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, <laughs> let the ladies know. Yeah. Let all the ladies know. Yes, single? it's yeah. funny. I get that question all the time on Instagram. Sometimes I <laughs> don't respond to it. All right, hit it's it up. Beards. Slip into those DMs, ladies. <laughs> get your Polish. Yeah, off. if you want to hear some Polish yeah. off the yeah. clock, you know where to find them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for. Allow us to be here. Yeah, thank you. It's been awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you, Peter and Matt, for coming on today. And thank you so much, Selfie listeners, for being here with us. We love you guys. Make sure you're following us on our Instas. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. Make sure you check out our link in the bio that has our website, our merch, all the goodies, all the discounts for you guys. And we have something to tell them, don't we, Sam? So... If you're listening to this on the day that we drop our episodes, which is Tuesday, then you're in luck because on Friday we are dropping some big, big, exciting news. Yes. So maybe if you're listening to this later, then go peep out our website and our IG to find out what that little yeah. announcement is. And if you guys want it directly to your, to your email, make sure you subscribe to the Selfie Podcast. We have tons of amazing things. We send out one monthly amazing fully loaded email for you guys, and we'll be dropping that news to you on Friday. So if you want to be the first to know, make sure you subscribe. And there's definitely perks and incentives for being one of the early, yes. early birds. Yes. All right. And... Rate and review. Download, subscribe, <laughs> as always. We appreciate your reviews so much. We value your feedback. We love to hear from you. So drop us even just a five star. Yeah, if you guys just click that five star, honestly, that helps us as well. That 
you know, anything, anything. We just love you guys. It helps us. It really supports our show that helps drive us to the ranks and gets us, you know, we can bring you more and more and more amazing things. And if you do leave us a review, leave your IG handle in the comments of the review and we will send you a swag bag. Mm -hmm. All the goodies. Some selfie lips Love a day off stickers. All the goodies. So make sure you are following us on our Instas. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And we love you guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.